1: The Built by Bama Online podcast presents Daybreak for Wednesday, March the 25th, 2020. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, joined by team reporter, team insider, Charlie Potter, does an outstanding job for us covering the Alabama Crimson Tide there at BOL. And Charlie, as we bring you in here uh, for a stretch here that hasn't been, sort of inundated with newsy items. We had more than a fair share of things to to sort of cover and to hence talk about on this Wednesday edition of Daybreak. Uh, and let's get started with uh, Nate Oates, the Alabama men's basketball coach. Uh, heard from him on Tuesday. I know you were a part of that teleconference. And, you know, we've said it before, Charlie. Mm-hmm. There are some coaches that talk a lot and really don't say a lot. Well, Nate Oates is sort of the opposite of that. He talks a good bit when you hear from him. But within that talk, there's actually a lot of information to be taken from what he says. A transparent guy, that Nate Oates, I guess you could say.
0: He is, and it's it's appreciated. Now, he is long-winded, so uh, transcribing is a chore because, like you said, a lot of the times when he speaks, um, the, the things he says are not necessarily newsworthy, but interesting. And I think they're... From somebody that uses quotes, I know fans like to read quotes from the coaches. Um, you, you end up using a, a lot of it, and uh, you know today was no different. He spoke to us, or Tuesday was no different. He spoke to us on a teleconference for about thirty minutes, and um, he only answered about ten questions. So that kind of gives you an idea of how long-winded his answers could be. He had a pretty brief opening statement. And then you know, really got into um, the subject of Kyra Lewis and John Petty, who are going to enter the, the NBA draft. Now, they're not going to hire agents, so they can always return to school. But you know, he's going to go on about recruiting as if those guys aren't coming back. And he really touched on um, just the direction of the program and um, the roster and how it can look significantly different uh, for, for next season. And you already have a guy like uh, James Buttle Bolden, who's a senior, who's not going to be coming back. Raymond Hawkins has already entered the transfer portal, and you got these two spots that you're openly recruiting. They only have one spot at the moment, for sure, with, with Hawkins leaving. And uh, you know, Nato said that he feels like they're probably going to get a commitment here this week if if everything works out. So uh, he covered a lot of ground. You know, talked a lot about Petty and, and Kyra, and, and really recruiting and and how that's going to go and the roster. Uh, but uh, you know like like you said when he speaks it, it's always interesting and that's why you try never to miss one of those media opportunities during the season because you never know what he's going to say and uh, he always speaks his mind and that's much appreciated
1: informative whenever you hear nato sort of do his thing at the podium or on a teleconference now we didn't hear mention of herbert jones in connection with Kyra Lewis and John Petty as guys that were going to test the NBA draft waters. If you're an Alabama fan based on that, should you feel really, really good about Herbert Jones being back for another year?
0: He actually did mention him, but it was kind of off the cuff in a, in a later answer. He, he got like three or four questions about, um, Kyra and John Petty, and that's to be expected. But he mentioned how coming into the year that there were really three guys that were going to be uh, in, that he thought were going to be in this situation. I think a lot of people would agree because you know if if Herb was able to stay healthy and to really develop his offensive game, he's got that prototypical size of what um, NBA teams are, are like and add to their roster right now. A versatile guy that can um, uh, do a lot of things. He's a hell of a defender. He's one of the best defenders in the SEC. And uh, I think he, if he had been healthy, he might have been a guy that would also entertain that. But you know, as of right now, he said that that Kyra and John Petty are the the two that are doing that. Um, he's you know, expectedly with with Herb and all the injuries that he thinks he needs to come back for a year, and and that's likely what's going to happen. Things can change. I think the the gray area with a lot of these NBA draft decisions is the fact that it could be it could potentially be pushed back. I mean, we could be looking at a situation yeah. where the NBA doesn't resume until the summertime, like June or July. And so that would push the, the draft back uh, because you, you have to know the draft order, the lottery, all that stuff. So you know they could have more time to make those decisions. That obviously messes with the recruiting calendar as well. But as of right now, it looks like Her Jones will be back for another season. And you know that's big because he'll be back as a senior. He's one of the leaders. He's been a captain on this team. So not only would they have one of their best defenders, but to have that voice inside the locker room back and, and healthy – I will be big for this team.
1: Yeah, and and you're right. He, he did sort of reveal a little bit of a nugget on the recruiting trail in that he's anticipating a commitment perhaps this week and you said it, if there's just one spot, Alabama uh, could very well be in a great spot for Josh Primo. Uh, the sort of combo guard out of Toronto, uh, Ontario, up north of the border. Actually, when you look at this 20 20 recruiting class potentially for Alabama, just in terms of high school players, because we know or we expect anyway that uh, uh, the process is going to continue on in search of uh, additional players, uh, even with the tight numbers as they sit right now. Uh, Josh Primo, I guess, is that player that is being linked the most with uh, the potential for a commitment this week. And uh, Primo's interesting because he was a 2021 class. Uh, prospect initially. He recently reclassified. I know Hank South, Tim Watts of our staff, our recruiting staff there at BamaOnline.com in February put in crystal balls for Josh Primo, uh, the 6'6 combo guard to Alabama, and then national recruiting analyst for 247sports.com, Evan Daniels, on Tuesday submitted a crystal ball for Josh Primo. And based on Josh Primo's social media, I'm guessing, uh, maybe Friday, the end of the week, we could hear something in relation to this uh, potential commitment.
0: Yeah, it's looking that way. And, and with NATO saying that earlier today, that tweet coming out uh, there early on Tuesday and that tweet coming out just a little bit later in the day, uh, it, it all just kind of seems to, to fit together. You know, where there, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and that would be really big for Alabama because losing um, you know, guys like uh Beetle Bolden and obviously uh, potentially Cairo Lewis and, and John Petty uh the key focus there is for them to get uh guards and, and they want some big guards and uh I, I think there's also a, a want to get um more bigs and bigs that can shoot that can pass dribble and shoot and um I think that they're going to really scour the the country all the resources high school level junior college um you know the transfer portal all of that but if you can get a guy like Josh Primo who's a top 50 player um and that reclassified uh, of all things a lot of the time when you see those guys that reclassify they end up going to one of the blue blood programs and um alabama's not necessarily there yet and to to, to potentially get a guy like that that'll be huge so that'll be something we monitor uh, i know a lot of the people on the message board are, are getting excited about it and I, I think they should at this point but uh, you know as, as tim and hank always say recruiting is fluid things can change and um you know that'll be something they continue to look after over there at Bol.
1: Yeah, it worked out okay, the reclassification route for Kyra Lewis Jr. a couple years ago, I'd say. Um, And so you you hope that if it is Josh Primo that gets in the boat here coming up, uh, obviously you hope for a similar sort of outcome there. Um, But it is going to be fascinating to watch the staff continue to try to accumulate players more along the lines uh, of what Nate Oates envisions big picture for this Alabama program and I think it's pretty clear. It seems like every time he's asked about Javon Quinterly, who sat out this season as a transfer from Villanova, uh, it's hard for Nate to sort of suppress the optimism and the excitement that is uh, pretty obvious when when you get into that topic of Javon Quinterly. And that's that's good news, especially if uh, the approach is, as Nate Oates said on Tuesday, that you got to basically assume at this point that Kyra Lewis and John Petty are, are, are more likely to move on than come back.
0: Yeah, and the, the Quinterly talk is he's kind of been a broken record with that and the praise for Jaden Shackleford, and that continued on Tuesday. And um, you're saying how Quinterly is a guy that there were times at practice this season where he was the best player on the floor. And I think that not only did Quinterly make Kyra Lewis better at practice going head-to-head but vice versa where Quinterly also improved by going against a player that could be a potential first-round draft pick if he works out well in front of teams so um, yeah I I think that having a guy like Quinterly that's been able to be in the program to go through practice and uh, to learn the system uh, will will definitely benefit this team uh, in in 2020 regardless of what happens with the guys in the draft and then the same goes for for Jaden Shackelford Um, you know he was just effusive with his praise of how Shackleford's handled this year. And, and you can tell that Nate Oates likes Shackelford because whenever he gets after him in the game, he gets after him harder uh, than anyone else because he knows he can take that coaching. Um, you know, Jaden's a guy that comes from California. He's been working out with his dad every day in the driveway. Um, you know, there's – he talked about how some guys are making excuses, but he doesn't have to question – Uh, what Jaden's doing because he knows he's not going to make those excuses he's working with his dad and and doing all the things that's necessary and um, you know he said he anticipates him making a big jump again uh, next year and he's going to be a guy that they try to build around and so they have some some key pieces coming back would they like to have Kyra Lewis and John Petty back of course but um, I think we're going to continue to see them recruit and get guys in there that that they like and that fit that system and and right now quinterly and and jaden shackleford and the guys are going to continue to recruit uh for this cycle or fit in that mold
1: yeah you talk so much about cores in basketball right whether it's college whether it's the nba and it essentially a lot of times comes down to three guys big threes as we've heard so much in the in the more recent era of basketball in general and if you bring back a trio uh, Javon Quinterly, Jaden Shackelford, and Herbert Jones, mm-hmm. you feel like you can build around that core uh, pretty pretty pro- uh, positively, I would think. Uh, Charlie, also on Tuesday, there was a Nick Saban sighting mm-hmm. on social media, of all things, Charlie, except uh, we didn't see or hear from Nick on a newly founded Twitter account. He, he continues okay. to maintain that that will never happen, Charlie. Uh, but I think for Alabama fans, that was a reassuring PSA, essentially, from Nick Saban on a couple of different levels. Uh, haven't heard, haven't really seen or heard from Nick Saban in a while. So I think that sort of calms the, 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 the fan masses, um, but also in reiterating the need and the steps that uh, the public in general need to take as we continue to deal with this uh, COVID-19 pandemic.
0: Yeah, I was on the fence about I guess my suspense or surprise by how he, he put something out there. You would think that with other coaches doing it, Sabin would have either been at the forefront of that or have done it a little earlier, but at the same time in in talking with uh the sports information directors over at Alabama and just asking, you know, what to anticipate from Sabin, you know, they they made sure to say, you know, look, Greg Byrne is gonna be at the forefront of this. Uh, you know, Greg the, the athletic director has already uh done a teleconference now we've heard from nato's i I wouldn't be surprised if now here in the near future we have one with nick saban and i'm sure he'll get a lot of questions he would have gotten on that day one uh, press conference's spring practice but You know, in the video is about 90 seconds. And, uh, you know, the, the one of the takeaways is he looked healthy and happy. And, you know, with this coronavirus, that's one thing I think some Alabama fans in the back of their mind wonder about is just, you know, with Nick Saban's age, you know, how's he doing? And I I think that that was reassuring for them. And then, you know, he, he talked about how the staff is back to work, but they're working from home and they're, uh, you know, following all the social distancing guidelines and, and things like that. And, um, You know, the the players, uh, they they can't have any kind of organized team activities, but, you know, they're trying to communicate with them and support them in every way possible. But I think the the thing with um, sports is the power that it can have on fans and just people in general. And when you have a guy like Nick Saban that gets in front of a camera and asks people to wash their hands and to stay at home and to stay six feet apart um, it has a little bit more resonance. And the big thing is, this was the biggest takeaway for me, it was the, the hook, line, and sinker is that, you know, he, he talked about how together, um, you know, we can look forward to all that's to come after this virus is, you know, running its course. And he mentioned the opportunity to play college football this fall. But in order to get there, the the safest path is to, you know, make sure to listen to the experts and follow all these guidelines and, and take care of each other. So, Uh, having him do that I think is is beneficial for people if if this you know wants to to end and things like that but um, I think all around you know it it was a a good PSA from Alabama Uh, part of me was wondering why didn't come sooner but at the same time I knew kind of what they were doing Uh, they have a a guy in Greg Byrne who's a great um, ambassador for the university that's at the forefront of this thing and uh, Saban's just kind of there to to reassure as well so yeah, we had a, a video drop about 5 p.m. on Tuesday, and and uh, everybody got a, a look at Saban, and him, and I'm I'm assuming it's down in the basement where they filmed some of the, the Belichick docu- documentary on HBO. But he seems to be in good spirits, and uh, I think that was enough for Alabama fans.
1: Yeah, the man cave. Nick's apparently got one. You know, you're right, that uh, Belichick uh, special that uh, I guess it was HBO, right, that did that one. Yeah. Um, They were bellied up. To that man cave bar if i recall collect- correctly so let me ask you this charlie is there a ua worker right now with as much pressure on him or her than the it employee in charge of making sure that this virtual work setup staff meetings and things like that between Nick Saban and his staff, come off without a hitch. Uh, Got to be some pressure on that person now that uh, we have uh, coaches working from our, from home like we do.
0: Oh yeah, can you be, imagine also just <laughs> being that guy to explain to Nick Saban what a thing like Zoom is <laughs> and how to
1: use it? <laughs> yeah, I would, we need uh, to put this I, on your phone, Coach. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm sure that's a that's a handful. But, you know, I mean, I, I think I've
0: said it on an earlier podcast, I feel bad for Miss Terry just because he is a oh, guy yeah. that is so um consumed by work and a perfectionist and things like that. I'm sure he's just running up the walls with wanting to get out of the house and get in the office. So um I, that's that's got to be an adventure in and of itself for sure.
1: I wonder if he's got that magic button door at home, even like he does at the office, <laughs> supposedly, you know, how you can hit that button apparently and open or shut the door. Yeah, that's where it's at right now, though, and I agree. I I think Alabama fans, I think our community in general, uh, it was a real positive to hear from Nick Saban uh, on Tuesday. Speaking of Alabama football, we're going to get into it more from a draft and current roster perspective coming up here next on Daybreak for a Wednesday, March the 25th, 2020.
0: Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever, and this time it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars, new season now streaming on Paramount Plus. Go to paramountplus.com to try it free. Terms apply.
1: Speaking of the draft, uh Charlie, you also had some news for us there at bamaonline.com Tuesday as you spoke to part of the representation team for Tua Tagovailoa, Tua made some waves here in the last few days with that Instagram social media video of him going through some footwork drills, some drops, some things like that, some lateral footwork and uh, looked really good in doing so. And I know you caught up with Chris Cabot, uh, part of that Steinberg representation group that is working with Tua uh, and getting him ready for not only the NFL draft, but moving into his career in the National Football League, and I guess based on what Chris had to tell you, uh, that intended wave that that representation group was looking to make apparently struck home with the people who really matter most too.
0: Yeah, definitely, and you could tell just when he posted it, um, he, it was it looked like Tua, like there was nothing wrong with him, and uh, a lot of the guys that I follow on Twitter that are uh, draft analysts, guys like you know jeremiah matt miller uh ian Rappaport, all those guys that are kind of the the, the national names when it comes to this time of year with the nfl draft mock drafts and just the nfl free agency in general um you know they were just kind of surprised by how quickly this happened um you know he obviously dislocated his hip in, in mid-november uh, he had a a clearance date to do everything of march 9th That's what he said at the. uh the NFL combine and he looked like that was true to form and, and then some because he was moving around well uh one thing that Chris mentioned to me a lot is uh they wanted to show off his twitch I think he showed that in the four videos he had up on Instagram that was more of a, a sample size than he put out on Twitter and yeah I mean um the feedback they got from NFL teams was overwhelmingly positive that was the quote that I was given and uh, the, the video alone answered a lot of questions now clearly with the coronavirus. Is thrown a wrench in, in a lot of people's plans for the NFL draft and, and the visits they were going to take, um, you know, those visits have been canceled or at least rescheduled to a different format to where we were just talking about Nick Saban, setting up zoom and, and things like that. Well, that's where, you know, two is going to meet with teams is whether it's zoom, uh, WebEx, FaceTime, uh, all of those, they're going to, they're going to use that outlet Skype um, to, to meet with teams individually, whether it's, you know, a GM, a head coach, a coordinator, a, a quarterback coach, and, and go through things like that. And, you know, for him, um, the reports, as, as far as a, a medical standpoint, I mean, continue to be positive and, and glowing. That's what the word that Chris Cabot used. Um, you know, at the, the Combine, it was a A++. His three-month scan was an A++. a++. Uh, he was supposed to have a Combine recheck uh in early april and that has been canceled but they're going to do it locally now instead i think he goes back to indianapolis to do that or he would have gone back to indianapolis to do that uh now it's going to be done locally so um you know there's there's a lot of you know i guess reaction and and schedule changing and, and all this going on with the coronavirus but you know two is finding ways to be creative like a lot of players uh, they're using things like social media to get this stuff out there. The, the teams will obviously get individual things that, that they're looking for to complete their evaluations. But, um, you know, for me, the biggest thing is that you know, he hasn't had any kind of setbacks. The video shows that he's continuing to make that progress. And I know he's his agent. He's not going to say anything negative, but, you know, Chris Cabot was very um, convincing in his statement that if he had, Woken up from a coma and watched Tua go through that workout, and say the coma last a year, he would have never known an injury happened because he did look like his old self going yeah, through that. Yeah, I, I was,
1: I was gonna say, go hey, it, it, that I wasn't expecting to see that from Tua. What I saw, even even understanding that's just clips, okay? That's that's not everything that he did and. Um, you know, maybe that's edited in a way, of course, certainly to make him look as good as possible. Did you anticipate seeing Tua doing what we saw him do, uh, in those clips?
0: No, I mean, it didn't look like there was any limitations at all. And, um, from, from what he said, from what I've gathered, it's that he's returned to the level that everyone suspected. And that's good news because you're looking at a guy that, could be potentially the number one pick if he wanted to. Teams can move up and, and do a lot of crazy things, especially when it comes to that quarterback position. And uh, if he's healthy, I mean, Tua's not going to get past uh, pick number three because the team's going to move up and, and take him. And that's some yeah. life-changing money. So that, that uh, was
1: some seed being put out there smartly, so by Tua's people. You know, that's exact, something yeah. else to put in the minds of not just someone that might move up to three. But you got to take note of that if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, you have to. Now, you may be already done to the point where it's Joe Burrow, and if for no other reason, it's medical history. And if that's the case, I get it. That's understandable. But for anyone else in the market for a quarterback, and I'm talking about the Redskins at two, whether the Redskins realize they should be in the market or not for Tua Tagovailoa. vailoa you have to consider what you saw. Again, understanding it's just a couple of clips that this guy looks like he's gonna be back to his old self, Charlie. I I think it it was just it's marketing one oh one. And uh it it has to be taken with a um you know with a with a with a, a strong strong glimpse. I I don't I don't know how you don't look at those clips um and think that, you know what, we may need to get up to number two. Forget about number three.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's – that was probably what they were hoping to accomplish, but yeah. just watching social media and, and Twitter, how that kind of took off, just shows you um, not only that you know people were surprised by it, but people also want to see Tua play football again because he's a special yeah. talent. And I, I've got news for the people that saw that clip and were like, man, that was surprising. There's more on the way. Um, yeah. They they plan on rolling it out. they got out a
1: lot more coming, don't they?
0: Exactly. You, you have – now it's less than a month, but you know when he posted it on Monday, that was the one month mark until the the first round starts. And so he has he has more coming. He's been working with Trent Dilfer, who's a guy that's been, um, you know, just he is lathered on the praise of Tua since before he even enrolled at Alabama, and uh, you know he's getting him right and everything like that. So if if you like the videos that Tua put out Monday, there's more coming. I'll just say that
1: they're both they're all up in Nashville right now, right? Isn't that where? Tua is, is, I believe, doing his pre-draft stuff. Um, and I, I know that Dilfer had sort of relocated to Nashville to take the, the high school job that he took there at, at Lipscomb Academy, I believe. So that would certainly make sense from that standpoint. And we're talking about Tua in the quarterback position at Alabama, as we did earlier in the week on Daybreak on Monday. Uh, and with that, as we get out of here on a Wednesday, we want to make the case for another position – in need of help following the departures of primary contributors in Anthony Jennings and Terrell Lewis. And with that, today, Charlie will make the case for King Wakuda, the sophomore outside linebacker, to become a real big part of the top half of that rotation, perhaps the top of that rotation for 2020. King Wakuda, as a true freshman, played in 10 games, recorded just four tackles, but I know, Charlie, in talking with some players, like Anthony Jennings, Terrell Lewis, some of these guys that have moved on. Keem Wakuta is a guy that's been getting some love as a potential successor to to those guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was something that you know when you go down the Senior Bowl, you have a, a decent amount of time with these players, and to get a glimpse of what they think their positions they're leaving behind are going to look like. Um, th- that's a good time to do that. And both Anthony Jennings and, and Terrell Lewis were down in, in Mobile this year, and both of them, you know, they they were quick to mention King, and and his playmaking ability, and um, the one thing that they both talked about was, um, you know, his work ethic and his and how he approaches the game. He's just a hardworking kid, and you know that's something that this past season uh, we, we saw King Makuta on the, the receiving end of some of those um, ass chewings from from South San And <laughs> tough love. Yeah. One thing though that it, it's almost good to receive those because it shows he cares and he wants the best for you. And that's something that Terrell Lewis you know, said, even he and Anthony get them, but they know it's because he sees potential in you. And, and, you know, King got his fair share of those. And he's a guy that was generating a lot of buzz at the end of this past season. Um, clearly it's hard to, to get uh, in front of guys like Anthony and Terrell in the pecking order, but you're right. He played in 10 games. He's a guy that saw the field a lot on special teams. That's always a good sign for a true freshman. And uh, with, with two opportunities now, both at Sam and Jack, um, yeah, he, he has a chance to, to move up that pecking order and maybe lock down one of those starting spots. I think uh, it's big for him that maybe spring practice didn't happen because those young guys that are coming in that are just yeah. oozing with talent, they're not getting those 15 practices and getting that, that jump start that they would have gotten otherwise. So it, it almost benefits him a little bit to, to not go through that.
1: Yeah, and Makuta, when you look at the most recent updated Alabama roster, 6'5", 243, measurables-wise, that's perfect for what they mm-hmm. like, especially uh, as, as that Jack linebacker. But it's pretty interchangeable between Jack and Sam uh, in this defense. And uh, you talk about a lack of returning production. In the, in the Nick Saban era, going into his 14th season now, never has Alabama – returned fewer sacks and quarterback hurries from the outside linebacker position than it will for 2020 just one and a half sacks and three quarterback hurries from the group returning once you start parsing out what Terrell Lewis and what Anthony Jennings produced uh, in 2019 so it's very much wide open Um Makuta, I think, is, is, perhaps as much as anything with some of these other guys, you see the link, you see the twitch, and sort of the first-step explosiveness. That gets everybody that, that that plays at Alabama or comes to Alabama that position. That's that's a starter. I mean, those are the things that you absolutely have to have. Where it starts getting interesting, Charlie, as you know, is you, know, you start getting into every-down responsibilities, and – uh, a lot of the things you were able to do, say, on first down and against the run and some of those things in high school, uh, y- you just can't get away with them in going against either 250-pound tight ends or 320-pound offensive tackles. So uh, that's where it's going to be interesting. And you're right. Wakuda already having a year in the program. That should help him. Uh, you're also correct, I think, in thinking that Will Anderson, Drew Sanders, Chris Braswell, eventually Q Robinson coming in at that position. Uh, it, it's going to be a competition, Charlie, at that spot, unlike any we've seen, uh, certainly in the, in the last few years or the last several years at Alabama.
0: Yeah. Cause it, like you mentioned, there always seems to be that veteran guy that's coming back. And um, I, I think that Christopher Allen steps into that role, but he still just seems like a young pup at the position. And I know he stepped in for Lewis in the, the bowl game, but uh, I think, think that really both spots are are open for the taking and and a guy like king makuta that was generating that buzz at the end of last season uh, it it seems like kind of like with mac jones although not on the same level obviously uh that can carry over and um yeah i think that he's going to have a a good opportunity because there are guys that are older than him that have been in the program guys like ben davis trez parks um that that he was kind of Jumping over uh, at the end of last season, and it, it just for laughs purposes, it, it would be great to have a guy named King at outside linebacker and a guy nicknamed His Majesty at inside linebacker and Dylan Moses <laughs> oh, in, in the same linebacker core. But oh at, regardless gosh, of,
1: poor Dylan, he's never going to live down that that press release. You know, it's just he never going to happen.
0: <laughs> but it does help having a guy like uh, Dylan Moses there to to line those guys up. Save. Say if it was a situation where Dylan didn't uh, come back for his, I guess it will be his redshirt junior year, but then you have a completely new uh, linebacking core, at least a really young linebacking core. I think that can help guys like Keem Makuta and Christopher Allen up front to make their jobs a little easier when, you know, last year you had the true freshman at the back end. So he won't be alone. A guy like Dylan Moses and Josh McMillan can both work it outside linebacker as well. So there'll be some leadership out there, but it's going to come up to guys like, king and christopher allen to also step into leadership roles for those young players while they also learn the ropes of the position as well
1: yeah it's easy initially at least right to envision christopher allen at strong side linebacker and wakuda maybe at the jack uh, if we're talking about a base group but once they get going again uh, That thing could go any number of ways. I mean, the expectation at this point in his career and given that he's far enough removed from that ACL injury in August of 2018 is that the best you're going to see from Christopher Allen should be coming up, should be Mm -hmm. on the way uh, with his experience and his recovery from that knee injury. Um, But I don't know. I I think it's it's pretty wide open. I, I, I do go back to what you said earlier, though. Um Another one of those positions where you had three early enrollees set to not just join that room, but jump headlong into that competition uh, from really the outset of spring practice now with the changes and who knows what we're looking at here in the next, Uh, weeks and months, uh, how that will be impacted remains to be seen. Well, Charlie, as always, appreciate the time you take with us here on Daybreak. Great stuff, as always. Great stuff at BamaOnline.com for us. Check it out at BOL. Check us out here on a pretty consistent basis with Daybreak and other podcasts as a part of the Built by Bama Online podcast. Thanks, Charlie.
0: No problem, man. Always good to catch up.
1: Thank you for listening. Until next time, have a great Wednesday, everybody.